And now, some nobodies presents PowerPoint Showdown, where each presenter arrives unprepared and just has to do their best. Without further ado, this week's keynote speaker. Hello, and thank you for joining us for our conference. Tonight, you will hear four professionals discuss our topic, qualities of proper leadership. I'll be your keynote speaker, Dr. Teef Pullum, and I will be delivering our first presentation. What, why, why, are you, why are you a dentist? Uh, like, I, mean, why, I mean, why is it, is this, is this a, a leadership of, of dentistry or just a I'll save no. my questions to the end. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I'm a dentist, I and I know about leadership. I don't know what's so difficult about this. Save your questions for after the presentation, please. We'll Let save your speak. comments after my questions, Dylan. <sighs> All right. You threw me off. Now I have to get back into my presentation. All right. Now, today, what I learned about leadership as a business school dropout. I did drop out of business school and I joined dentistry school after I dropped out of uh, medical school. Um, so I learned a lot between the three different types of higher education. So today I'm hoping to teach you some something about that. Uh, next panel, next uh, slide, please. To start. Your goal of leadership is achievement. When you start your leadership with a thin arrow, you don't have a lot of grit. But when your arrow points up, you get the passion. You get the passion, and the more passion you have, the thicker your arrow gets. And the thicker your arrow gets, the more you'll be able to achieve. This is the simple premise of my thesis on leadership. Now, if you understand the thickness of the arrow, you'll understand the rest of this. It's, it shouldn't be too hard. I like to keep my slides dumbed down so that regular people can understand them. Next slide, please. Now, as you'll see from this slide, when I'm observing and learning from aggressive behavior. What I like to look at is the way that children react to giant inflatable slices of pizza. What I've learned is that for the most part, when an adult human sees a giant inflatable piece of pizza, their first instinct is to eat it because Adult humans don't have the curiosity to see what happens when they beat up a giant inflatable slice of pizza. The ability to beat up a giant slice of pizza is the first step to understanding how leadership works. Hopefully you all understood that. Uh, next slide, please. Now, what they don't teach you in business school is the way that moray eels react to leadership. Now, 
on the top here, you'll see the retracted moray. Those are the followers. And you need followers. Not everyone can be a leader. But as you go down, as you go down the slide here, you'll see um, the more horizontally oriented moray is is like a is like a backup leadership role, like an assistant manager type. Um, so you need less of those. You need more follower eels, less of the the higher up but still not quite the leaders. Um, and then as you can see from the bottom moray, um, when you're the leader, you're going to become fully depressed. It's depressing <laughs> to have to, to have to lead all of these quite frankly, morons all the time. Um, it's, it's not something that you want to do, but if you don't lead these people, they're going to, they're going to run amok. And they're going to make bad decisions. You have to keep them under control. Next slide, please. Now, look. <laughs> my, my mascot in my business school, because our business school had a, a big football team, um, very popular. Um, we were the we were the penn state pussies um and our mascot was a cat and for our senior prank we did wrap it up in a, a quite frankly adorable kitty body bag um we did not kill the cat that would have been terrible uh we left its head exposed and we put it in bed with the dean and he didn't think it was that great um so i got expelled from business school um unfortunately the person whose idea that prank was didn't get expelled because they put all of the blame onto me which is okay that person grew up and they are now elon musk and hmm. Sometimes it's okay for someone to have gone all the way through business school, became a billionaire, is able to make, look, I'm not upset about it. Okay, I'm a little upset about it. Can we get to the next slide, please? I, I want to stop thinking about this. I will tell you, business school is a waste of time and money. Because... You don't really learn about business in business school. What they want you to do is they they say that they want you to learn about business, but most of your tuition goes to your school being able to buy whiskey, cocaine, and women, which they sell back to you. So they take your money to buy these things, and then they sell them back to you as students knowing that you're going to be too boozed up, too coked up, and too sexed up to actually learn any business. It's it's terrible. It's good business practice for them, but you can't do anything with it because eventually you're going to get all coked up. You're going to wrap the school mascot up in a kitty body bag. You're going to put it in the, in the bed of the dean, and the dean's going to kick you out of school. 
there's no refunds for business school. They're going to keep your money plus the money that they got from selling you cocaine and the women and the whiskey. So they just have all of your money. What you're going to have to do is learn business yourself. You're going to have to learn your own leadership. You're going to have to learn your own business. And that is really what business school teaches you. Next slide, please. Our strategy moving forward. As you can see from this graph, the yaw and the pitch are both going the ways that you want them to. Now, you would think that the roll going straight up is good, but the roll is Molly. You don't want to go straight up on Molly. Um, again, business school, they teach you these things. They teach you these things by selling you these things so that you get kicked out of business school. It's terrible. So what I'm saying is you have to learn these things for yourself. No matter what the muskrat says, you have to learn your own business. Be your own leader. Lead the mores. Next slide, please. Now, in conclusion... Baskets. You're going to want to make baskets because in those baskets, you can, if you make the right baskets, you can keep your cocaine in there and the dogs can't sniff it out when you're in the airport. So you can take that cocaine across state lines, across country lines. Um, you can put your booze in there. Um, you need very skilled basket weavers to make liquid proof baskets to hold your and then in that case you can just go to colleges sell your own booze sell your own cocaine if you get big enough baskets you can put women in there you can transport those women past the stupid dean past the stupid fucking dean and you can just bring those women in you can get them on their level you can make money off of what they're trying to make money off of you. I have gone way off the tracks with this presentation. I'm just so pissed off at Dean Stanton. Oh, look. I've made hundreds of millions of dollars with these baskets. You can too. All you have to do is find some people in poor neighborhoods to make your baskets for you. You can pay them very little. They don't know any better. You give them some place to live. You pay them pennies. You give them food. And you're making billions off of the booze and the cocaine and the women that are getting smuggled into these colleges with your baskets. And that is my presentation on leadership. I'm going to open the panel to questions. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, Dr. Pullum? Um, yes, Mason. I have, I have a question for you. Uh, well, actually, I have two questions. Um, the, I'll start with the first question, more important one. Uh, yes. Bank, you said it was your idea, or you said it, it was not your idea originally. That is correct. It was Elon Musk's idea. Yes. And Elon Musk 
pawned off that responsibility onto you. So yes. you end up getting expelled. Yes. This must have been very early in Elon Musk's life because if unless I'm misremembering, he's very famous for taking credit for other people's ideas now. So do you think you've played a formative role in shaping who Elon Musk is today? Now, I'm not going to get a lot into Elon. Elon pretends to be your friend and then Elon screws you over. That's how it works. He takes credit for the good ideas and then he passes the blame off for bad ideas. That's how Elon works. I thought he was my friend when we were in business school together. Turns out he's nobody's friend. I, I, I think he had been doing it for years before um, <coughs> before he ever did this, this uh, cat body bag thing. I saw another hand go up. Zach. Th thank you, first and foremost, for this wonderful presentation. Um, I do have to say that it did seem more of a roast of the pyramid scheme that is of a college and not so much a tale of leadership. Um, can you explain to us, please, how not eating inflatable pizza and also not eating grits from a dentist can teach us about leadership. I think I made it perfectly clear that. Oh yeah, you're right. You Sorry. had to, you had to not take the leadership advice from the, your business schools. You have to look what you think is right is what's right. Mm. You can't let these universities, these liberal universities, these these mind controlling places take your ideas and turn them into ideas for sheep you have to get an idea and stick to it no matter how stupid that idea is you might say look i got screwed out of my all of my money through this business school i'm gonna start making baskets so that i can bring them to colleges and then you're gonna make billions of dollars you 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 have to make your own leadership you have to do your own thing and you have to do it no matter what anyone else says dylan <laughs> yes okay sorry you i didn't know question. if zach had more i now, i do yes, but i wanted to wait okay uh now it seems with this you seem to have struck big on the basket uh, business, which congratulations. And I appreciate you touching on that and how your tenacity like an eel can really make you shoot for the moon. Now, I do have to know, when that moon hit your eye like a big pizza pie, was that Amore? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I missed I a question. <laughs> Your your basket your basket business was clearly a moonshot. Now, when you first got that idea, I missed the question. Yes, yes, please was repeat it, the was question. Was it amore? Yes, I, when when the moon hit your eye like a big pizza pie, was that amore? No further questions. Well, it wasn't about I think uh, human trafficking or drugs, so he doesn't want to answer it. Oh, that's fair. Okay. Oh. Oh, yeah, oh. we seem to be having some connectivity issues with Dr. Pullum. Oh, 
I thought he was refusing to answer your very insightful and difficult question. I thought he was too. Yeah, I I agree, but it, it seems that the feds have heard about his cocaine <laughs> and uh, uh, female basket traveling. So I, I do believe Dr. Pullums was using Starlink, and once Elon Musk heard him bad talking, <laughs> him, he has kicked him from the server. They pulled yeah, him that's off true. Satellites. Uh, well, luckily, we don't need him for the next bit. Um, the next presenter we have is Mr. Mason. Um, and Mr. Mason, let's get your slide up. And um, please. Excellent. Thank you. And thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of this. Um, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Mason Buttershoot. I've spent a lot of time in the startup world uh, out in California and actually a little bit of time in Texas. I've kickstarted seven companies that have turned into Fortune 500 companies. And over the years that I've spent learning uh, how, to, how to build a business from literally nothing, I've picked up a lot of tips. But I think what I want to share with you today is something that's almost as important as what to do, and that's what not to do. So today I want to focus on leaders. I'm sorry, I thought I said leaders to not follow. Hmm. I want to focus on what not to do, and that is to become a follower in your own business plan, because it's very easy to let someone like me come in, spin your company around and turn it into something without you. So, and I had to add this caveat, unless they're teaching you how to follow from a leader, because that, that is me. But I'm going to tell you today, definitively, leaders do not follow. And here's why. Next slide, please. How to effectively lead people that don't want to be led. Remember, leaders do not follow. That means you're always at the front in ideas, in finances. Make sure you're paying yourself better than everyone else. And the thing that I feel like a lot of kids will come fresh out of business school with big ideas, big aspirations, and things that they want to do. But what they lack is a real concrete business sense. So I wanted to relate it down to something that everyone can relate to, and that is being a dog parent. Every dog is a responsibility, and you want to treat your business like a dog. Like with the dog, you don't want to be pulled along behind it. You want to walk in front. The business needs to follow you. You don't want to be trailing behind your own business. You teach that business to heal. Bigger prince, a bigger dog is the better dog. Let's face it. I know dogfighting is not popular. I did not spin up any startups that had anything to do with dogfighting, but I will tell you that a bigger dog often wins in a fight. Bigger prince, bigger footprint for your business. A lot of metaphors. Biggest thing in business too, and this one's free. Metaphors are powerful. And this final one, find a dog doctor. Because here's the thing. I like to think of myself as a bit of a dog doctor. Your business is a dog. Your business is something you love, you care about, and you're training and trying to grow up into something important. And like a dog, a business cannot live too long if you don't take good care of it. So if you don't know what to do to treat your business right, you're going to need to find a dog doctor or someone like me. It's okay to reach out for help. It does not make you a follower. Next slide, please. Just in case, like I mentioned before, it is very easy to not get a real concrete understanding of what it's like to run a business. So I've decided to simplify it into three steps here. And they all kind of cycle together into one another. You've got lead at the top. That's what you're doing. You're leading. You've got caboose and you've got follow. This might seem unintuitive to you because they don't seem like words that really follow in a cycle. But for a moment, let us think back to the Greeks, Greek mythology. They were very wise. A lot of their tales, their, um, their myths and their legends relate to a lot of things we're relating to today. And the one I want to focus on is the Ouroboros, the snake eating its own tail. 
Everything is a cycle. And though it might not seem like it, your role in your business is cyclical as well, because while you're leading, you need to be able to see the caboose behind you because it's very easy to lose sight of that tail and have another business spin off of yours when you could be raking in that profit. So keeping your eyes on the whole picture, you are the leader. You want to be able to see the caboose. You want the caboose to talk to you all the way down the structure of the business. Follow. The caboose needs to be following you. And, oh, I, I think I made a mistake. There should only, uh, from follow to lead, there should, <laughs> the arrow should only go one way. Let's be real here. So you can just, you can ignore that little facet of it. But it's otherwise, it's cyclical, like an Ouroboros. Next slide, please. So again, just to give you some examples. And because I've been using a lot of words and metaphors, which are powerful, but visual met metaphors are even more powerful. Take, for example, these two pictures. Look at the picture on the left. I want, I want one of you, actually. One of you tell me what you see on the picture on the left. Zach, what do you see over there? I see, I see a bunch of pencils. Surely they don't all look like the same pencils to you. No, there is a lot of black pencils. And? Oh, there's also one red pencil. And the red pencil is? Uh, I guess taller. Now I want you to answer this question for me, Zach. Is that red pencil in charge? Um, You're incorrect, Zach. That red pencil oh. is actually no different than any of the other pencils. Oh. It just looks different. It's positioned differently. It's colored differently. It's placed off to one side. It's unique. But being unique doesn't make you a leader. This picture on the right is what makes you a leader. Now, can you tell me what, what specifically is happening in the picture on the right? I'll tell you. Everyone's behind one person. That person in front is leading. They're leading by example. And that example is by being in the front. And that's something I want to elaborate on in the next slide, please. That's right. Next slide, please. And we've had a quiet moment of reflection on what it means to be a leader. And the thing I wanted to tell you about being a leader is that you've got to throw curveballs like that. You don't want to be expectable. Move fast and break things. The slogan of Facebook came back to bite them years later, but I still believe in it. Don't be evil or something like that that Google said and then turned totally evil. Still a pretty good slogan. These people are all people that I think have different examples that to, to present with us. For example, if I had a nickel... James Franco, Dan Franco, following Seth Rogen, what happens? They're canceled 100%, absolutely canceled. And that's the thing. I get the sense you guys aren't following me, so I'll break it down a little slower for you on the next one. Kevin Spacey, right? Name, name something Kevin Spacey was in. Dylan, what was Kevin Spacey in? What do you think of when you think of Kevin Spacey? Nickelback. Well... I weirdly, I understand what you mean, and that's not what I would have gone with, but let's, let's go ahead and okay. Kevin Spacey kind of got that Nickelback vibe to him, right? Usual suspects. Pretty sure that's a band. And Chris Cooper follows that band, right? So what would happen if Nickelback tried to get into the usual suspects or Kevin Spacey in this case, canceled 100%. TJ Miller, Thomas Middleditch, Thomas Middleditch, upper-class British man, runs a small bakery down in Hampshire. Guess what happened when he had Ryan Reynolds come into his shop? Absolutely canceled. You know who canceled him? TJ Miller. 
And finally, Anna Kendrick, who was in Pitch Perfect. And this is one where there's not any interference happening. Anna Kendrick was in Pitch Perfect. A lot of people thought that that was an iconic role until Zac Efron tried to follow in her footsteps in High School Musical and then tangentially got her canceled. But not entirely, is the thing. Only 25% canceled. Because what Zac Efron did is what a real leader does. They move fast and break things. They slide in and do something you don't expect. And what Zac Efron did with his hair and his voice, he broke Anna Kendrick and canceled her 25%. And you know where the rest of that 100% went? Next slide, please. See for yourself. King, queen, Jack, punk. This is sort of like those political compasses that you might be familiar with, right? You've got... I think those are like authoritarian and do whatever you want. And then one side is like, I don't like certain things. And the other side's like, I like everything. That's like this, but for business, right? So I want you to think of where you fall on this slide. Where do you think, hmm, easier, where do you think Zac Efron falls on this square? Someone who moves in, takes Anna Kendrick's place, gets his head in the game. He's a jack, easily. Now, intuitively, you might think you want to be near the top. Or you might want to be in the middle to be balanced, but in reality, you want to be a jack. But it's very easy to slide over and become a punk. And you don't want that to happen to you. Next slide, please. This is what happens when you become a punk. This is my friend Tyler. Tyler Lexcroft. He had a promising career. He was probably the best iOS coder I had ever met. He designed over 100 apps for the companies that I worked with. But Tyler was a punk. Started out as a jack. Big jack energy. You know, he had a deck of cards. You think, yeah, that's Tyler. This picture was taken in 2014. Tyler passed away in 2016. I think about him every day. Don't be Tyler. Next slide, please. I'm sorry, next slide, please. I or believe that that's the ad. That was the end. Oh, you didn't, you didn't put in my, my bonus slide with my, uh, no, okay, that's fine. It's fine. I thought it might be a little too spicy for this crowd anyway. Thank you guys for coming to my presentation. Any, uh, any questions? I see Dr. Teeth couldn't quite stick around through the whole thing. Uh, yes, Zach Buttershoot. Oh, are you, where are you, where are you from New York? Uh, not the city, but the state. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was up by uh, up by Albany. I've got we got some family out there. Oh no way. Yeah, I have family in Albany. I'm actually in Albany. Uh, but wild. my 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 question is not geographic. Uh, now it, it did seem that you started on a path of talking about how leadership is like a dog, um, yes. and then it kind of went a little astray. And can you? Uh, I guess give us an example of how Tyler was not similar to a dog, which led his demise. Yeah. So I think what I did when I was crafting this was I wanted to try and present several different metaphors to explain how leaders do not follow. So what, what I had said at the beginning is that your business is like a dog. It's not that you want to be the dog. You want to lead the dog. And I think if you if that was the metaphor you felt the most comfortable with in describing how to be a leader in a business, what happened to Tyler was kind of, you know, those retractable leashes that were pretty popular for a long time. You push the button and it retracts. 
but they always had that problem where it was like a little plastic thing. You know, you put clip the dog to one end and never seen those. Well, they existed. It's kind of like a tape measure, but more durable. Um, the, the thing that happened with Zach is like when those broke, what would often happen is that you couldn't retract the leash and it just kept going out and out and out until it ripped out and flew away and you never saw the dog again. Mm. And that's, that's what happened to Tyler. He, um, he got real deep into Minecraft. He hosts his own server, actually. He pays, I think his latest AWS bill was somewhere around $30,000 because of the amount of bandwidth that he's using on AWS to host his Minecraft server and there shows no sign of stopping. Well, I don't understand any of that, but it definitely doesn't sound like leadership qualities. So yep. thank you very much. I do appreciate it. Thank you, Dylan. Um, yes, I also found your presentation very difficult to follow. And I was wondering how you could speak to that, showing your qualities as a lackluster leader that I was unable to follow your the strand of your presentation. Ah, okay. Yeah. So What's interesting there is that you've done something that in the business is called an alpha move, where in a question that you've posed, you've taken a stab at me. And I, I must admit that it hurts. I'm, I'm bleeding. So I will say to you, that's a good leadership quality. It's always good to carry a shiv. That was something that was on the last slide that I guess you felt like cutting out, but that's fine. The thing about things that are hard to follow is that when things are hard to follow, it's often not the fault of the person leading and the people that are supposed to be following just can't keep up. And it's hard to keep your footing when you're going down a bumpy winding path with such complex topics such as business. So I'm not surprised that this kind of wily, winding, twisting, turning metaphorical journey was too much for your tiny little pea brain, Mr. Alpha Male. Next question. I just want to say it's a very Sigma answer of you. Very good. Oh, I will come over there and pee your pants after this presentation. Mark my words. Dr. Teeth. Now, we had a pretty bad storm here, um, so I got a little bit cut off, and I'm also very easily distracted, so I had to watch the rain for a little bit, um, and I missed almost your entire presentation. Can you please just sum it up in about... 15 seconds? Uh, sure. Basically, in a nutshell, uh, somehow Zach Efron is better than Anna Kendrick in a lot of ways. Well, yeah, so lead and follow the caboose. That pencil's not a leader. The other one is shut up. If I had a nickel, James Franco and Dan Franco would get canceled because of Anna Kendrick. You should be a jack, and my friend Tyler died and is still running a <laughs> Minecraft server posthumously. Okay. No, that makes perfect sense. I don't know what these other guys are having a problem with. Thank you. I... Dylan, you didn't send someone. There are people outside of my door with signs. Seems like a conversation you should have with them. Yeah. I see people at the next door neighbor's house with a bunch of signs. Zach. <clears throat> okay, everybody Mr. here. Everybody yeah. here just has umbrellas because it's raining so hard. They they can't use their signs. They'll get ruined. They should paint messages on their umbrellas. That would make them signs and umbrellas. I've got to go answer this. I will be right back. I'm sorry. Mr. Teeth Pullum, please uh, introduce the next presenter. All right. Our next presenter is Zach Buttershoot. Well, hello, 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 esteemed panelists, everyone listening and everyone watching. If I could please have my sl slides brought up. Uh, let's go ahead and talk. Now, obviously, when it comes to leadership, there are a lot of many avenues. Uh, we heard two correct avenues earlier. Who knows what we're going to hear later? But I'm going to tell you about 
10,000 avenues we could have taken. Now, there are 10,000 reasons to return to the office. And as a leader, the first thing you want to think is, well, I don't need to be here. I have people to do this. I don't want to do this anymore. I've hired people. I filled out forms. But I tell you what, I can give you not one, not seven, not even eight, but 10,000 reasons to return to said office. Uh, next slide, please. Reasons one through four of 10,000. Uh, I'm going to try to keep this one as long as possible um, because earlier oh, earlier on, uh, it seems like Mr. Mason has a bit of a bloody nose. But we're, gonna, we're just going to go ahead and uh, keep going. So reasons one through four of the 10,000, you have a LEP. Now, obviously, a lot of different things you can choose with that. Um, Probably the elephant in the room, probably backwards for Pele, which is a great soccer player. Also, I think Latin for foot. Now, with the, with the feet, you want to get on trucking back in there. You can have a pink, a red, or a yellow foot. Honestly, does not matter. As long as you're getting back into the office. Who are you leading? Who knows? It could be the monkeys. It could be the E. Now, we heard about that problem in Mr. Toof's presentation earlier, so we don't need to get into that one. Now, behind T, there are a lot of things that we're going to have to discuss. But being that I have roughly 10, fat, well, I guess 9,996 more uh, examples, we're just going to go ahead to the next slide. Yeah, example five. I don't know why we even took any time with one through four. You want to get back to the office because that's where you keep the business money. And... What's business if it's not for money? There's probably safes full of money. There's banks full of money. Your employees have pockets full of money. You're not going to get that money if you're not back in the office. So don't let anyone, especially crazy like this fella, get hands on your money when it's your business. Take that money. Next slide, please. Uh, but wait, you saw. Now, that's pretty easy to think about, right? But wait. Who saw this? It doesn't really matter. Somebody saw it. Somebody said it. Somebody is going to say it. But all we got to say is, if you're a good businessman, steal photos. Shutterstock is a very easy way of saving money when you're doing presentations. Why spend money on photos or even taking the time to just take a picture of your hand or try to draw it when you could very easily go to Shutterstock and say, but wait, you saw it's one thing you got to think about. And that's example six. And if we can get to the next slide, please. Now, I think I've been pretty clear about what this slide is already showing, but I'm going to go over it anyway. Now, the data suggests five. Of all these colors, five of these are under that that the roof, right? Now, you think about red, that's probably losses, Profits, depending on what kind of ink you use in your ledger. Uh, you have orange, one of the most cooling colors. It makes people feel hungry. It makes people feel warm, solid. You have yellow. Now that's somebody peeing in somebody's pants. Mason already went over that. Green, money. You know what's better than green? Dark green. That means more money. Now, the things that are not underneath that roof right there, the blue. Who wants the blues? Nobody wants the blues. I mean, outside of the music, which some people do want the blues. I meant metaphorical and emotional blues. Now, you look at Mr. Handyman over here with his uh, toolbox and his stupid jacket. Now, he is the epitome of the blue, right? Blue collar, blue attitude. 
probably blue stuff. I don't know. That's why the arrow's pointing to him. That's where you do not want to be. Now, once again, the data suggests five of these major colors are going to be under our roof. That's business roof. Uh, next slide, please. Yeah. Now, there's, once again, there's 10,000 reasons to get to the office. And a lot of it really, I don't want to use the word babysitting, but a lot of leadership is constant gentle pressure. Now, when you're teaching a high-functioning room of business-minded individuals, a lot of them are going to do what they're supposed to do. But you need to look like you're in charge. You need to look like you're paying attention. And sometimes it's as easy as like just getting your phone out and playing some Wordle. Now, here are some words that you don't want to use when talking to your staff, at least when the door is open. You don't really want to call people dummy, although I think it's a pretty good score. You definitely don't want to call people morons. Actually, there's a lot of things out here that you do not want to call people in a business. But using these words in Wordle, smart business. They think you're sending emails. They think you're texting other business partners about their work ethic, and they get back to work. So if you're going to do something when there's six to 9,999 excuses of being in the office, if you need another excuse, Wordle. But if you want to see what the 10,000th reason is, next slide, please. Family. Family. If there's nothing else that we can really talk about, it's having someone listen to you at the end of a hard day. It's having the passion to hang in there, wanting to scream your wig off if you have to about how business is just not going the way that you need it to. But you know what you do see in this picture? That's a boss right there, and they're back at the office because they're getting work done. Now, if they're playing Wordle, they might be a little bit happier. I have no idea what business this person's in. I don't want to assume. All I can see here is pure passion, pure determination. Testicular fortitude, I, I believe. But they're at the office. That's what's important. Next slide, please. Now, a conclusion. Like I said, there are, uh, a good leader leads by example. A good leader leads by attention if anything somebody feels they're being watched they're probably going to do some better work i mean when you look in london there's a lot of things that are being done over there and it's because big brother's got its eye on everything and if there's one thing i know is that sauron knew exactly what was happening that entire time because he kept a very vigilant eye not only over at&t but over any business, it's a metaphor here, AT&T. It's the bell. It's the, it's the communication symbol. It's if you're going to have anything, have a watchful eye over communication at all times. Because a business is nothing but a bunch of words and sounds coming at each other that equal money. So in conclusion, get back to the office. And if you need an excuse, I'll give you 10000 Thank you very much for your time and patience. I'll take any and all questions. Thank you. Uh, yes, Mr. Dillon. Um, yes. I noticed that you failed to disclose your previous partnership with Sauron at the beginning mm. of this presentation. Is there any way you could elaborate on that partnership and how it influenced your presentation here today? Yeah, of course. Um, so 
I really didn't explain who I was. My name is Zach Buttershoot, and I've started at least eight different startups uh, that have a, a different amount of sustainability when it comes to business. One of which, like I said earlier, was the communications. I really thought that the pager technology was going to pick off. So I found a gentleman that wanted to invest in some of my upstarts. And he told me that GPS location was way more important than I thought it was going to be. I hopped into bed with a gentleman named Sauron, and we started out uh, uh, kick phones, you know, the ones that flip upside down. Yeah, we started that. Um, but once the Matrix came out and that phone went away, business tanked. I hopped onto my R7. All right. I'm not sure what Sauron's up to these days. I really don't pay attention. Uh, yes, Mr. Mason. Yeah, Zach. Um Two things. One, your garage door is open. And number two is that I wanted to go back to the slide where you were discussing the colors uh, under the, the roof. Um, does, is the, the number five have any significance there aside from being related to that particular graphic? Or was, was, that just, was it just the number five that happened well, to be? I got a name for you. Roy G. Biv. Now... Of Roy G. Biv, there's seven colors. Of the seven, you got to get rid of the blue. Once you get rid of the blue, you're going to have an effective business. And two of those seven colors are blue and indigo, which I think is a form of blue. So uh, what you don't want is depression, sadness, even crayons that are colored that color. So of all the colors you could possibly bring into a business under the roof of leadership and communication... This is also slide number five, um, but five of those seven colors are good for business. Oh, so it's the colors that are important. It's not the number. It was actually slide number five. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, Mr. DDS. Yeah. Um, this is supposed to be um, a leadership seminar. Mm -hmm. um, I don't remember a single thing that you said about any sort of leadership hmm. and uh the fact that you're trying to get people to go back to the office um seems to me like it's a lack of leadership um no. can you please speak on um how exactly getting back into the office is a form of leadership absolutely good question thank you for asking that apparently i wasn't very clear on that i'm gonna throw a hypothetical at you you're a disgruntled uh, uh, sex phone operator and you are having a hard time at your job. You're, you're moving down into the blue area of the roof, right? Where, you know, the rain trickles on top of. Now, you're pretty upset at your work and, and you just really maybe need to vent. Where, where do you vent? Where do you vent if your leader is not there? Who do you talk to? Who do you get experience from? Who do, you, who do you have looking through that manager log for if you've had any other write-ups about you being 10 minutes late or so to see if you're worthy of this conversation? It's leadership. And if anything, I said leadership is very important when it comes to communication. So your subordinates can't complain to you if you're not there. They can't rat out their fellow employees. They can't snitch on the company thief if you're not there. So you want to find the thief? You want to get snitched to? You've got to be in the office. That's at least seven of the 10,000 reasons I said earlier. 
I did I did hear that. Um, I I like to employ a little bit of a more harsh leadership um, in that if my employees don't listen to me, I just have them killed. Um, well, did you, you ever think about trying something like that? But you won't know if they're not listening to you if you're not there. You have to be there. Well, that's why the... that's why you send the assassins to their homes. But you also have to oversee these assassins, and technically, that's your office. Then it's a metaphor. It's a metaphorical office. It's wherever the business. Can we please have somebody check on Mister Mason? I. I'm fine. I don't need any help. I'm enjoying tonight. Please continue. Good. Okay. Well, if there are no further questions, I'm going to send a nurse over to my next door neighbor. And it seems like there's a trail of blood outside. But uh, Mr. Pullum, please introduce our final presentator. Yes. Um, our last presenter for the night is Mr. Dylan Terry uh, at Vorpal Words. Um, hopefully... I won't need any of the protective instruments that I have here with me. Um, is, so is that a, I would, is that a rapier? I would like it if Mr. Dylan Terry would uh, start his presentation, please. Of course. Of course. My name is Dylan, a local businessman, national businessman, worldwide businessman. And my presentation today is on leaders. They need to start somewhere. How does a leader learn? Now, myself, of course, I started off very small. Standard American nuclear family. One father, one mother, two stepmothers, three stepfathers, one large inheritance, one small inheritance, a trust fund, three dogs, and a mysterious death of an uncle who shall remain nameless. But I started off small, and I learned along the way, and I think that that is something that we can all aspire to. And through this presentation, I hope that you will gain some knowledge as to where to start, how to start, and how to learn. Next slide, please. Now, of course, it is easy to start somewhere. Where do you begin? You begin at the start. Self-explanatory, really. Second step, you learn or you forge. Of course, a sword, and I like to think of myself as hammered out of metal myself with an edge, as you can see with my popped color, collar and my long hair. I do sport something of an edge. I'm known as the edgy businessman. But of course, I was forged. And of course, the only thing that forges a sword, it does not get stronger without the application of heat, hammer, and a stone. And that stone is the business world. And that heat, it's a pressure from the business people. I don't remember the third one, but level three, you level up and you find followers. It's as easy as one, two, three. Levels one, two, and three. We're on slide two, though. Let's get to slide three. Next slide, please. Now, of course, I am nowhere without my faith. So I am going to quote the uh, the good book, Isaiah 11, 6. Uh, the wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf, and the lion, and the yearling together. You have to collaborate. You start somewhere. You're probably going to start alone. Now, of course, with my small family and their occasional trysts, which resulted in my large inheritance and several trust funds. I started off small, but I had to collaborate to get there. I had to work with individuals with a certain set of skills and a certain set of tools and a certain set of backgrounds to ensure that that business money was funneled correctly into the proper accounts, the proper accounts. 
Now, of course, uh, as a holy man, I do pray every night to the big man upstairs. And uh, he has seen fit to deliver unto me various boons. One of those boons, of course, is my drive to succeed, which is something you'll need if you are going to learn and start somewhere. Start small. Of course, if you start somewhere larger, like some of my other esteemed colleagues on this panel, you have an easier time of it. But I like to think that the pressure that really gets you going, pressure put up there by that guy, and the pressure exerted by the threat of that guy, really gets you going. Can I get to the next slide, please? Now, pictures. Of course, I'm doing a presentation. And a proper presentation does not have just masses of text and bullet points on the screen and just overload you with information. No. I like to find that the real joy in business is in the subtleties and of course the saying the picture's worth a thousand words here's two thousand words now we talked about the lion we talked about the lamb lying down together we've got wolves which are kind of like lions of north america if you think about it and you have lambs which are the lambs of north america being fed by a hipster with a beard right there uh you see them together on screen you're going to have to collaborate, going back to that first other slide. You're going to have to collaborate and level up and get your followers. Now, what do wolves and sheep have in common? They both sorry. go in herds. Oh, sorry. Please don't interrupt. They both go in herds or flocks. Two words meaning the same thing, working together to relay the same idea. Now, of course, in order to get followers, you are going to have to, you know, dole out some resources, prove your worth, show that you have the potential to really learn and grow as a business person. But I think that if you really, really buckle down and listen to what I'm saying right here, trust in yourself and the stuff above you and ignore the stuff below you, you're going to find out that you can get followers way easier. Now let's go to the next slide. Of course, you know, studies have shown in support of this that size matters not. And of course, I'm talking about the size of your flock or your herd, or your followers. Though the individual size of your followers may vary, it's their capabilities that really does drive the issue. Now, breaking down, we're going to get into numbers a little bit, breaking down the pie, so to speak, into its constituent parts, you're going to have the majority of people follow. A lot of people follow. That big orange piece, it's all followers. That's good. Your flock needs to be followers. Multiple leaders, you're going to go in different directions, split the flock. You never want to split the party. Bad idea. You get a middle. You get your lieutenants. Those are the people who carry out the really tough work. They're the ones who are disposable. They get caught, disavow. It's that easy. Nations do it all the time. I don't see why we can't run corporations as nations. Nations have leaders. Corporations have leaders. You got to collaborate. Then you got the lead. Sometimes you have multiple leaders. Parliament, Congress, your oligarchs, what have you. They're also called co-leaders, and oftentimes you could split those along party lines so that you have a two-party system and nothing gets completed. That way your followers, they're free to do whatever they wish. Let's hit the next slide, please. Of course, not to mention, you know, you have your followers. You got to have someone to teach. We're talking about learning here. We're talking about starting off and learning. You got to have your teachers, people you look to and, you know, follow their example. You got people who walk through the fire. You got people who walk through the dangerous big cats. And then, of course, you got the people who walk through the business. I'm talking about the mall. It's a little bit of an outdated reference. But for those of you younger in the audience, a mall 
used to be a self-contained large building built up of smaller buildings which sell individual items. You used to go there, you could hang out by the fountain, you could drink that fountain water and nobody would stop you. They'd chase you, couldn't catch you. That's where I started off, drinking mall fountain water. Let's go to the next slide, please. Of course, this is a macro-level presentation. I don't have time tonight to get into the nitty-gritty of the real proper following and leadership, but what the others will not tell you, even molecules follow each other. You see that down there? It's the official science hand. That's telling you, those molecules, which I believe are... Honestly, it's be, like I said, macro instead of micro. What's micro? Molecules are micro. I'm not going to get into it today. But those molecules follow each other. Water, that's a molecule. You pour water out, all those molecules follow each other to the glass. You drink that glass, you're being successful at following. Let's wrap this up. Next slide, please. And in conclusion, proper business, it's like a fairy. It's like a fae. You have to invite it in. You have to make a deal with it. It won't lie to you. It can mislead you, but it won't lie to you. There are certain rituals and rites you can put down to prevent it from taking your children off into the woods and replacing them with a bundle of sticks that looks exactly like your kid until it gets a cut, and then it starts bleeding dirt, and you're like, what the hell happened to my kid? Why is this a bundle of sticks wrapped up in a, in a blanket like that cat that Mr. Teeth Poems did for his senior prank? But really, when you start asking that sort of questions and when you get down into the real nitty-gritty of it, your thing is going to unravel. And the thing about things unraveling is that they lack any structural integrity. Without the integrity that you have to learn, you're going to stay at the bottom because that's where you started. And you don't want to start at the bottom and say, now I'm still here. You want to say, I started from the bottom. Now I'm not there. And I think that's what learning is today. And I think that is going to wrap up my presentation. I will now accept questions from the panel. Uh, yes, Mr. Zach Buttershoot. It, it definitely seemed to me <clears throat> that your entire presentation was you teaching us how to start a cult. Um, now, and I, you kept referring to your cult as a business, but would you say that having a cult is the equivalent to leading a business? Some say cult. I say business, of course. Now, cult comes from the word culture, which indicates a collective belief that people have in an organization. And what do businesses have? They have a company, culture. Hmm. And in order to learn, cults have masters, cults have followers, businesses have managers, businesses have employees. When you look at the striation, the levels of each business and each cult, you're going to see they're both preoccupied with making money, converting people to their cause, and infiltrating the highest levels of government so they can get away with whatever they want. And I think that my presentation today has probably drawn a thin enough line between them that this will hold up in court. Uh, Mr. Mason. Yes. Um, to add on to what, what Zach just asked, what is, speaking in your business specifically, uh, what is your primarily, what is your primary, pof, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Um, mm -hmm. For reasons, I'm a little bit. Spit it out. What is your primary profit driver? Money? I don't understand the question. What, what, do you, what do you do that gains you the most profit? What is your... Oh, I see. Uh, I recruit followers, and each of those followers on a monthly basis pays a small tithe to the next level up on their manager. See, that's... Then those managers, in 
addition every month, pay a tithe to the manager who recruited them, and it makes its way up the scale. And in return, we provide them with lessons about and educate them or something. So it's a religious Patreon. I don't see that anything I mentioned would indicate religion is involved in any way. Uh, you quoted the Bible. Was from the Bible. Yeah, your yeah, your quote was Isaiah. from the book of Isaiah. I believe that was Isaiah Washington. Oh, oh, yes. Hmm. All right, fair. fair yes, on, and his, on in that? his famous novel Eleven Six about the ratio between those who get sent to prison versus those who are judged innocent by the courts. Oh, sure. Not... <laughs> I am uneducated. It's okay. We have space for you in our organization. Hmm. Okay, and uh, Mr. T Mr. Uh, Dr. Pullum. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I came in here today. Um, I knew I was the keynote speaker. I was expecting to school a bunch of fools who know nothing about anything <laughs> on how to be a leader. Um, but Mr. Dillon, your presentation has really captured my imagination, and I would really like... Um, if we could go into business together, um, I, I'm going to be honest. I did send some assassins out to everyone's houses, um, but I am going to ask if they can hold off for a minute. Um, and I wanted to talk to you hopefully afterwards. Uh, we don't have to worry about these other two, um, but I would like to talk to you after this is over um your you assassins arrived be... oh yes they arrived a few minutes ago i gave them pamphlets and they're sitting in my receiving room right now leading them um, perfect perfect now, um do you think that would be something we would be able to do while i think it's important to school fools i think this duel is too cool to stop collaborate perfect. and listen that's exactly what i wanted to hear uh that's all of my questions further questions from the panel no. Excellent. All right. All right. I yield and the floor. Now that everyone has presented their panels, um, of course, everyone knows that in the end of this, we um, decide who won the presentation. This is, of course, a competition. And uh, the prize is... $50,000 from nobody's uh, Patreon. Uh, so what I would like to do now is have everyone vote to see whose panel was the best one. Um, I am obviously the first. Mason is two. Zach Buttershoot is three. And Dylan is four. So on the count of three, we're going to hold up the number of fingers that you know who we're voting for one two three or four um and that person will win the fifty thousand dollars and get to choose uh what next week's panel will be about uh so are we all ready to vote all right one two three Dylan won again. Right. Dylan wins again. Son of a beat. I didn't even vote for myself this week. Shut up. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Dylan wins the $50,000 out of some nobody's Patreon, <laughs> um, which he was going to probably have anyway. So congratulations, Dylan. 
And congratulations to the rest of the panel. Very good work. Apparently, cults we need to do to uh, make some more money. Oh, so. yeah. Well, the panel is all members, so it was a little stacked in my favor. Yeah, that's fair. I think I, I think I got yours, Zach. You got my what? My assassins? Well, somebody came to the door, and I told them definitely next door. I was like, hey, you should go next door. The garage is open. Anywho, my name is Zach Wiseman. I'm part of some nobodies with Mr. Dylan Terry over there. Uh, I think he's on this side today. Uh, and you can hear everything that Dylan writes. And sometimes I say, sometimes other people say, uh, you can find anything. If you open up any app you have on your phone and type in some nobodies, you'll find all of our cool stuff like Silicon Angels or create your own pod venture or maybe podcast podcast a podcast show. Go ahead and open up your ears and give us a jingle. Bye. Popcorn, popcorn, the plugs. <laughs> Who goes next? I thought we had a host for this episode, but I guess oh. not. Uh, <laughs> you just took over my shit. Um, I'm going to let Mason go next since he's our guest. He should have gone first. Well, it's just so much silence. We can edit this out if we want. Yeah. Uh, okay. so, I I'll, mean, I'll go it later. Started, it started storming here again. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Go for it. I'll, I like how Colby's like, I didn't want to do this show. I wanted to watch rain for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for having me. My name is Mason Amadeus. I'm one third of the audio sketch show Podcube, P O D C U B E. Uh, it's very hard to describe succinctly, but it's a real company and it's a real lot of fun. If you like highly produced comedy content, look for Podcube, powered by podcube.com. The future is yesterday. Dang. Gets me every time. I also, uh, yeah, I love Podcube. I don't, <laughs> it's the only thing that I listen to uh, before I listen to the new episodes of Jack Billings Presents Haunted Apartment Complex, which is what I'm here to promote. Uh, Jack Billings Haunted Apartment Complex on the Podmoth Network. We make also highly produced uh, comedy weird content. Um, and everyone on this panel has been a part of it. Uh, Mason plays uh, Zach Doverbranch. Zach is Adam Lynch, the Reading Ohio butt stabber, and Dylan is uh, Marcus Fiasco, a magician who is currently alive. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I appreciate everyone listening to that. Hopefully, um, everyone listens to it. Uh, I also do Generation Clash, which is a music podcast, and I love this terrible game, which is a video game where we video game show where we talk about video games um yeah so listen to those things dylan what are you going to promote besides what zach already promoted uh listen to everything zach said and i guess michael and mason too sure um oh uh, yeah no zach covered it uh next week we're on this show we're gonna do uh we gotta stop making me make these up uh the why moisturizing is important when the air is really dry. <laughs> I'm just going to choose increasingly more specific topics until why, why moisturizing is important when the air is dry. Yes. Okay. It, I don't choose these topics. These are determined by a panel no, way outside no, you, my purview. Do no, want you want to listen to that because since I started shaving my head again, I do get flaky when, when the air is dry. 
it's important information to have. And I think four expert presentations are really yeah. going to help people in this cold, cold, bleak, existential wasteland of ours. All right. We'll tune in next week. And we'll talk about moisturizing. <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's all I got. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to drop the name of the show, right? And be like, that's power. We do, we do have an exit script. Yeah, there That's is okay. an exit. It's it's pre-recorded. It, we we're gonna edit the final credits in. <laughs> we do, right we do need a cool like zinger thing at the end, like uh, uh, uh what, like what Mason was saying. Powerful. That's a power point. Yeah. That's a powerful point. I'd pay thirty nine ninety nine a month for that or whatever the fuck office costs because it's insane. <laughs> um, office max. No, office costs office. you money. <laughs> Oh yeah, I depending do on how some, you access it. I definitely pay something for it, and it's probably a lot. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're signing anyway. Microsoft off. We're, yeah, I mean, we're still technically recording, but listen to us four as we power point you to the future, which apparently was yesterday. Oh, <laughs> run outro, and I'm gonna end recording right there. <laughs> power. Go ahead and end recording right there.